this horrible thing is happening. I, I don't want it, but I can't get out of it. For me, it was breast cancer, mm-hmm. double mastectomy, going from a literal Dolly Parton figure to a fat fire plug with permanent side effects. I said, all right, magic formula. What can I learn from this for my own spiritual growth? Hello, and welcome to Self Talk. I'm Rachel Astarte. Today, my guest is Corby Mitleid. She has been on the mystic's path for 50 years. She's a full-time professional intuitive, certified tarot master, and a past life specialist. She's also the author of Clean Out Your Life Closet, and You've Got the Magic, Who Needs a Genie? In today's episode, we're going to be talking about being an elder in the 21st century and how it differs from being a boomer, which is a totally different thing. Also, what our responsibilities are as the world goes a little crazy around us, as I'm sure we're all experiencing, no matter what what age we are. <laughs> so, Corby, first of all, welcome to Self Talk. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So, how did you get into your field? What was your calling? Oh, you want the 30 second elevator speech? Okay, here we go. Doesn't when have I, to be. <laughs> no, no, but it's it explains it in a nutshell. Okay. When I was nine, I read a book called The Witch Family by Eleanor Estes that said, there's magic in the world. And I said, ooh, ooh, want to go find. Fast forward to 1973, when I was a senior in high school, they had the James Bond 007 tarot deck at Spencer Gifts. Well, I, I love it. Spencer Gifts. I spent all my I time in Spencer Gifts. time. You know, I love that place. Then. You, know, you had your elephant bell bottoms and your fringe jacket and your deck. Now, yep. five years later, everyone else had moved on to roller skates and disco balls. I was still with the deck because I love the stories that they told. Yeah. So for 20 years, read for friends, keeping my ego on the shelf. All of a sudden in the early 90s, I could do hands-on healing and talk to dead people with no training. That's when the universe handed me my draft notice and said, hello, you're working for us. <laughs> I got the shingle part-time. Meanwhile, very checkered career. Actress, author, inspirational speaker, video producer, legal assistant, executive recruiter, uh, writer for the graphic novel series, ElfQuest. Wow. Of the psychic on the side until 9-11. As we watched the towers burn, I looked at my husband and I said, I need to do the psychic work full time. People need to know there are other answers out there. He said, I believe in you. Go do it. One more year doing corporate. And then in 2002, psychic full time. I work six days a week. I read a thousand people a year. And I get to get up every morning. I don't have to get up every morning. That's everything. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. So in your, in your psychic work, Mm -hmm. what, what is that like for you? Is it something that you turn on and off? Like, okay, now I'm, I'm working. Does stuff just come to you? How does it work for you specifically? I have an open and a closed sign. I mean, when it's about me, Spirit will come banging on the tea kettle and say, excuse us, but anybody else, I have set it up with my guides deliberately. There are three places I'll reach you. There's an energy exchange, you know, money, whatever. There's a barter. You bring me a chicken or something. Uh-huh. Or it's free, you know, it's, it's pro bono. It's a gift. Mm-hmm. Because too many people are scared of what we can do. 
They are convinced that psychics have no morals and we just tap into their heads as they walk by. This has, it's called a drive-by psychic shooting. And this kind of nonsense, there's another word I use, but I'm being polite, um, is perpetrated, pushed by people like the Long Island Medium, who you see, there's a woman in Wegmans feeling up the cantaloupes and the Long Island Medium walks up and says, excuse me, you ran Dora. She says, there's a bald tire in the back and you're going to die in a car accident if you don't get it fixed. Just telling you, walks away. And this right. is such bull. Her PR people have scouted out all the Wegmans and chose one. They interviewed all the possible people and had them sign model releases. And then they rehearsed six times. <laughs> but there are too many uh, intuitives mm-hmm. who aren't professional. And I don't mean by certifications. I mean by understanding how to do it as a business. Yeah. think that they have a right to go and tell you something no matter what you want. Mm-hmm. And that's what people are scared of. Yes. I've had that happen to me, not the Long Island medium, but it was very interesting. I'd love to get your take on this just because this is a a germane story. I was living in New York City, minding my own business. Woman came up to me and said, you have so much love in your life, but it doesn't come to you the way that it should. I'm going to go pray over these plants, $200 a plant. Uh, and I will take away the hex that has been put on you uh, that is keeping you small in your love life and your business. And I took the woman out for coffee and I said, well, you know what? I don't really believe that the universe is against me. I don't believe in that kind of energy, but I appreciate what you do. And we had a lovely chat and I sent her on her way. Two weeks later, I'm in a different part of the city and a young woman came up to me and said the exact same thing. The exact same line. You have so much love to give, but it doesn't come back to you the way it should. And then I started getting freaked out. I went in two directions, like, oh, this is a scam. That's the line. Or, oh, my goodness, maybe there's a hex on my life and my love life. No, No. anytime you don't ask for that and it comes from somebody like that. No, that's a scam. Oh, you have a family curse. How many in your family? Four? You have a dog? Fifty dollars every family member, twenty-five for a dog. He's small, he fits. I literally <laughs> saw that happen at a massive psychic fair in Toronto. It's why I wrote my second book, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road, to protect people from that kind of theft mm-hmm. and protect those of us who are good intuitives from being tarred with the same brush. Yes. Okay. That's why I wanted to share that story because I have a feeling many of my listeners have experienced the same thing. So thank you for that clarification. And if uh, that happens to them, listen, my darlings, you just put your hand up and say, stop. I do not want this information and I will not receive it. And if they keep pushing you, you go to the manager of the store and you say, I am being harassed. Mm-hmm. Don't be polite. Be mm-hmm. fierce because they will be fierce at you until they get your money. Yeah. Yeah. With me. All right. Beautiful. Thank you. A little um, public service announcement from Corby. So. Uh, <laughs> I get it, man, because it's it can really mess you up. It messed me up. I mean, I was only in my 30s at the time. And of course, in a state of like, uh, I don't know what's going on in my life. And there you go. They sort of prey on that. And um, OK, so let's shift into our topic for today, which is being an elder in the 21st century. First, if you would please define elder and how it differs from boomer. Because to me, boomer just means when you were born. That doesn't make you an elder. That's right. That is exactly right. Elder is an honorable position. 
boomer is the fact you were born between 45 and 65. Okay. Uh, boomers are the ones that think that there we had the best music and the best clothes and the best cars. And I was able to get a house with one job and why can't you? And oh, these Gen Z's and millennials, they're just lazy and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they all think their aura don't stink is how I put it. <laughs> and the answers that they give you, whether or not you want them, we're great for them, but the world has shifted badly and dangerously on its axis. And what we grew up with is as dis- extinct as the dinosaurs. I mean, I have said 2019 <clears throat> is just like 1913. Mm. That was the year before World War I and things were never the same. 2019 was the year before Murder, Hornet, Bingo, and Hold My Beer, and the world will never be the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was what helped the collapse start because we need to collapse things to rebuild. Right. So what's an elder? An elder doesn't need to be in the spotlight. We are moving off the stage and we're encouraging the other kids to come up. It's your time now. We understand that our life was much easier than theirs. We never had to be afraid that an AR-15 would rip our head off at school. We never worried about the world being uninhabitable in our lifetime. We never worried about our neighbors slashing our tires, breaking our windows because we believed in science or we voted differently. And that's the world today. And the corporate oligarchs have it set up so that there will be the the one percenters and the rest of us slaves and serfs. Right now, people are blaming Biden for the spike in gas prices. No, it is the corporate oligarchs of the oil companies and they are making record profits. Right. But the people who want the power Always misdirect your energy at the small things, Mm -hmm. easy things to get angry about. And as long as your attention is diverted, they take. They take your rights. They take your money. They take your life. Elders have to accept that this is the way the world is now. And maybe it wasn't that way when we were younger, at least not as badly, but it is now. And this is what millennials and Gen Zs have to work with. Mm -hmm. We don't offer our advice unless we are asked and we learn how to be third trenchers. Now, what's a third trencher? In World War I, the first trench went over the top and then you had the second trench of the reserves. And the third trench were the cooks and the medics and what made it work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being a third trencher means you wash the dishes, you pack the lunches, you don't get to plan the Thanksgiving dinner for the homeless. Mm. You do the scut work and you let the youngsters find their bright lights. That's the short version. Now we can unpack that and see where else we are. Okay. Okay. So that leads me to the question. What, you know, practically speaking, what is the responsibility or are the responsibilities of elders? And wait a minute, let me ask another question. Mm-hmm. Who fits into the category of elder? In other words, for example, 
Um, you know, is there work that needs to be done? Is it a certain age that you hit there? You know, um, for women, I've read some places that once you're postmenopausal, you are elder. Uh, once you are 60, you're elder. What, you know, where women have it easy because yes, maiden mother crone. Mm-hmm. Once you keep, as they say, the wise blood inside, you are of an elder age. Mm-hmm. Let's say be of an elder age. Okay. Um, an elder's responsibility is to offer what knowledge they have gained. An elder needs to have done a lot of self-work. Otherwise, it's just boomer on the mountain with a beard. Okay. Elders understand that they are not people whose aura don't stink that they are fallible and they are flawed and they have made wild mistakes in their lives, but they have learned from it. Mm-hmm. And perhaps offering that as asked or demonstrating it simply by being who you are mm-hmm. is a way to help the next generation not do the same dumb things that you did. Yeah. Don't let them reinvent the bad wheel. Right. As though that's possible. You know what I mean? I, I think that a lot of people with certain areas, you know, it reminds me of the story of Siddhartha, right? So he's trying so hard to protect his son from making the mistakes that he made when in fact his son wants nothing to do with him and he goes off and makes all the mistakes. And it's the it's the ferry driver who says, Yay, this is what it means to have children. This is what it means to to step back and and as you said earlier, you know, we won't offer advice unless we're asked we're here, we're a font of knowledge, but it's not our place to, to be pushy about it. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. We offer, we don't shove it down a throat. Right. Right. So that, that leads me to, so the responsibility then is for us to be present and mm-hmm. be accessible. Um, and given the fact that the world is in such shift right now, um, where are all are the elders receiving their knowledge? It can't be experiential because we're not in that world anymore. We're in a different world. So where 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 we are we tapping? Mm-hmm. We can observe. Mm-hmm. For instance, if someone says, "Well, I'm retired, so I don't have to watch the news anymore, and I'm not going to worry about inflation, and I'm lucky," and no, you can't help those who are in pain if you hide from their pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other thing though, is to choose your battles right. in that, for instance, my husband is not someone who likes the door to door and the cold calling for the democratic party. Mm-hmm. He finds other ways to support. Mm-hmm. And don't feel that being an elder means now you have to do other certain things. Elder is a state of being, not a state of doing. Okay. You're that difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. You do owe it to the next generation not to be glurthy purple with angels. By that, I mean, everything is going to be just fine. All you have to do is listen to your spirit guide, little dancing raccoon. That mm-hmm. makes me want to vomit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I'm an intuitive. I have done this full time for 20 years. Yes, there are spirit guides and angels, but... They're not going to tell you whether to buy the red car or the blue car. Mm -hmm. They know that we are down here now 
by volunteering and choice, the soul chooses because we can be instrumental in what's happening or karmically we need to experience it. You know, I would love to be able to move out of the United States with all of the horror that's going on. But my spirit set it up so that I am too old for countries to say, well, yeah, you can come and work. And we don't have a million dollars in liquidity. So come countries to say, and you must have X amount of money won't have us. So I feel sometimes I'm stuck here like a Jew in the Warsaw ghetto. Mm. But then I remind myself it's because I need to be here. Right. I need to be the one holding up the candle in the dark. Mm-hmm. How you do it, for instance, I wrote an article on Medium called Be an Intellectual Prepper. Mm. You buy copies of banned books. You hide them under your floorboards. You put them somewhere safe so that in 10, 15, 20 years, when America has reinvented itself, because it will probably take that long, mm. those banned books are still in existence. They haven't been burned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. I don't know if you, if, if this just reminded me, Margaret Atwood just worked with a company to develop an unburnable copy or unburnable print run of the handmaid's tale. <laughs> it's made yes. with material that is not burnable. <laughs> that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're up against, right? Yeah, now. We are, we are going to, well, I forget who said it. I should remember, but fascism will come to America wrapped in the flag and carrying a cross. And that's exactly yes. where we are. Yeah. So do I think that it'll actually become the Republic of Gilead? Not quite. No. Because I do not think that the Christo-fascists have the greatest power. They're being used by the oligarchs. Right. Just as Hitler used people to, uh, to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Foment his ideas. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. The, the, you know, the boots on the ground. Yeah. To right. the ones who can, uh, to affect the, the vision, mm-hmm. however demented it was. Yes. Um, so let's, because we're talking about all this, this big shift stuff, and there are some crazy things you said, as the world goes nuts, you know, how, what are our responsibilities? But Talk for a minute, if you could, about fear, because it's so easy to look at everything going around right now with the gun violence, with the pandemic, with the, yeah, the the killer hornets and the murder hornets and the monkey pox and the this and the, you know, and the no baby formula and no women's rights for their bodies and wars. Easy to yep. fall into fear. What? What advice or words do you have for people about fear in that regard? Is it a good thing? Is it a, is it something to work with? It's a truth, not a true thing, but it's a truth. We feel fear. I feel it. Mm-hmm. Some of the ways I get through it are to remind myself that this is only one life I've lived. Mm-hmm. And there have been, I mean, you know, I've been shot out of an airplane at 20,000 feet and fallen to the ground to die. Uh, Last life, I was left to die of childbed fever in a Catholic hospital when they found out I'd had an affair. Mm. Um, So there are horrible things that happen in our lives. But once we're out of the body, they're done. 
live the examined life. For me, it's this horrible thing is happening. I don't want it, but I can't get out of it. For me, it was breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Double mastectomy, going from a literal Dolly Parton figure to a fat fire plug with permanent side effects. I said, all right, magic formula. What can I learn from this for my own spiritual growth? For me personally, number two is how can I teach with it? Mm-hmm. And the next is next. If you sit in the house and you are terrified about what's coming down the pike, you're going to miss the good days you have left. Yeah. You are not going to be able to think of how you will get through. It's funny. I know there are an awful lot of people that are still saying we can turn the midterms around, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm way past that. I am spending my time now thinking about what books do I want to hide? What food do we have? What can I teach? What skills can I barter? Because it's too late to plan for the apocalypse when it knocks on your door. Yeah. I would love to find everything that I'm planning is not needed, Mm -hmm. but for now I think it is. Mm -hmm. So that's where I put myself. Yeah. When you're fearful, you're paralyzed. Mm -hmm. In a sense, it's better to be hopeless mm-hmm. because when you hope, it's like, and you stand there and you hold your breath. When you're hopeless, you just go, got it. And you move on to take care of yourself, the people you love and your community. Right. Right. So, and you mentioned the word apocalypse, which is, you know, a, a, we ain't a, talking biblical. Yeah. It's a biblical. It's not going to come down with a newspaper and whack people on the nose. Right. Exactly. Cause I don't think that's kind of what he's about anyway. So, <laughs> but preach sister. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're so, well, that's a whole other topic for another podcast, but yeah, yes. um, that was a really bastardized message and such a shame um, for such a wonderful person. But um what is your definition of apocalypse? When you, when, you know, when you're a, an intellectual prepper, what are you preparing for? If, if that is what your definition of the apocalypse is. Hi, it's Rachel here. I know you know me as the host of Self Talk, but did you know I also offer online courses and can work with you one-on-one? Well, now you know. So head over to MySelfPath.com to learn more about how I can help you discover and honor your true self for the betterment of your life and the life we share with all around us. That's MySelfPath, M-Y-S-E-L-F-P-A-T-H.com. Now, back to the episode. The apocalypse is when everything that you know and trust is gone. What you relied on is gone, whether it's Medicare, Social Security, trustable neighbors, you know, a world that thinks America isn't just a pariah that they want to get rid of. When all of your comfort zones are gone Mm -hmm. and you don't know what is coming next, that is, if you will, a personal apocalypse. Mm -hmm. It could be that, well, I often say, only half joking, Mother Nature really wants to get rid of the two-legged cockroaches. Seriously. She does. So right now, I live in a place in upstate New York that has enough rain, can still grow crops. We're 1,500 feet above sea level, so we won't get drowned. Mm -hmm. Um, But who knows? what's going to come at us 
if there is civil war, which I frankly expect, but it's not going to be North versus South. That was so easy. You know, you could draw a line. It's going to be guerrilla warfare Mm -hmm. everywhere in the United States, white versus non-white one percenters versus everybody else. Alt-right versus alt-left versus people in the middle. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I neither welcome it, nor can I fear it. Realize it is one of the possibilities. The way to deal with this is it's as if you're a martial artist. They train themselves to stand lightly, Mm -hmm. just relaxed. But they are so aware of their body and who they are and how they move. They, they can go anywhere, boom, 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 with a microsecond, right. depending on where things are coming at them. Right. But they don't do it out of fear. Right. They do it out of ready. And they're calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, preppers are not calm. No, not preppers at all. Are like this. Uh-huh. Yep. Which is why, yeah, you may have a bunch of guns and beans, but if you're caught 50 miles from your house, now what? Well, Yeah. There's the only way you can prep is here. Right. Here. Right. And good luck with your, all your arms, uh, you know, when a drone is over your head and, you know, that kind of, that, that don't think, you know, that this whole argument just falls apart. But yeah, so it's, it's an internal preparation. Um, mm-hmm. What's after the apocalypse? What's after that? What's coming around that you... You know, what is, what's the, I always ask this when I hear all of this stuff and when I see all of this stuff going on, what's the end game? What's the end game? The end game is for every soul to learn, but whether we can do it in the body or out of the body, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't think there's going to be a nuclear winter. Don't think. I think that climate change is going to cause mass famine. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to run out of fuel. So you won't be able to move from continent to continent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the world is so big now with so many pieces. I mean, a hundred years ago in 1922, you didn't have 24 seven screaming at you. Mm-hmm. Um, people respected downtime. Rest time. Mm-hmm. The world was slower, not as in dragging, but you weren't in demand instantaneously. Now, part of it is our attention span. When I was writing Clean Out Your Life Closet, I was doing some research. We now have an attention span shorter than goldfish. Ours is eight, goldfish is 12 seconds. I was going to say, is it 12 seconds? Oh my God. Yes. We don't even make a goldfish. No, we don't. Oh, wow. Um, there is, think about when you pile things on top of each other, and no matter how delicately you do it, at one point, everything collapses. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is where it will be. And then you will have to decide what matters to you. Um, the more you can be with community now, the old no man is an island is going to be really, really true. Mm. Um, more important it is. Pick your battles. Pick one thing. If feeding people is important to you, fine. Don't worry about not sending you know, your money to arms in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. 
because the world will give us enough stuff that we will always feel inadequate. We will always feel guilty. We will always feel greedy. The world screams at us. But it's like trying to put an ant in a calculus class. Not only does he not have the brain pan enough to do the calculations, he cannot hold the pencil in his little paw. Mm-hmm. That's us. So be like Teddy Roosevelt, one of my favorite quotes. Do what you can with what you have where you are. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And ditch the guilt because guilt does you nothing. Right. Nothing. It is totally disempowering. Yep. That's all I can see from, you know, and I grew up in a Jewish Catholic household. So you know what I mean, talk about all the guilt, all the shame, twice the food. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, but, you know, not that my parents instilled that it's, it's you know, genetic, uh, the hey. uh, epigenetics of it. Yeah. Grew up in a Jewish family and my grandmother would say, eat one more bite than you want that you've had enough. Nah. You know? Yep. I know all about that. And it just gets you right there. Um yeah. So useless guilt is useless and, and really is an energy drain. And if we could save that energy, channel that energy back into doing what we're here to do, which is also why it's so important to have that foundation of self to, to build who we are, who we are meant to be, get rid of all the noise that society gives us all yeah. the roles that we feel like we have to play somebody else put into our mind. You know, there, I kid about having two magic phrases, but I always tell my clients this. When somebody tells you something you don't agree with and they keep pushing and you know you're not going to win the argument, just look at them and smile and say, thank you for sharing. You may think that if you wish, and then go do what the hell you need to do. Right. right. They're not worth arguing with. Right. Yes. And, and then, and telling you this from a psychological perspective, right? So then my, I would, might say something along those lines to a patient and then the next day, but I don't want to lose that relationship. Now we're talking about something else, which is, do you need it? And, but it's my mother or it's my brother, or we are spiritual beings having a human experience. We happen to have fallen into the family that we've fallen into, but these are also spirits having a human experience. And this is their lesson. Yeah, you know, you said that, but it's my mother. And I would just look at them and go, this time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's right. And, you know, and, and signing on the dotted line to be born into the families that we were born into. That's part of our lesson too. this, this experience, this exchange may be in fact, the test that we were leading up to. That's Robert Schwartz's books on pre-birth planning that I was part of. Um, for instance, I knew that I had a very rough road that I was doing for myself this time. So I'd need a best friend for a father. The soul that usually comes in, same generation, best friend, agreed to do the father-daughter thing this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's planned, guys. But we still have free will. Yes. And you know how to differentiate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. Another question that I have for you, one, one or two more. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who are not elders yet. Um, and, and maybe because of their age or maybe because they're of the age, but they haven't done the work. Is there some sort of preparation for being an elder? Yes. Remember you're, you're someone who's made the mistakes, never get to the point of your aura don't stink, never get to the point of, well, my information is more important. You are a cog in an 8 billion person wheel. You listen you know, the old saying, we have two ears and one mouth. We should listen twice as much as we talk. Yes. Find 
uh, this is something a lot of us do. We do. People talk to us and halfway through that sentence, we're already figuring out what we're yeah. going to tell them. You got to learn to just listen, and then take a beat. It's yeah. all right. And process. Yeah. Yes. Um, and realize even as an elder, you're not going to get it all correct. It's all right. You're going to be learning until you're two weeks dead, kids. Right. <laughs> While your hair is still growing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Beautiful. I love it. What is one message you'd like to leave with listeners? It will help you always to ask three questions. And I learned this at the Option Institute in Massachusetts many years ago. Number one, what am I X about? X could be fearful, worried, angry, depressed. Why am I X about that? Mm-hmm. And the one question we never ask ourselves, what do I think would happen if I stopped being X about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember, our actions are because we have a belief that says this will make me happy. Mm-hmm. If you change your beliefs, you change your actions. Yeah. Change the world. Beautiful. Just by being who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. That's great. How can listeners find you, Corby? They can't avoid me. Because <laughs> you're um, everywhere. You don't have to do a I thing. Am. It's all <laughs> under Corby Mitlide. Um, now on Facebook, it's Corby Mitlide at Fire Through Spirit. Okay. But otherwise, my website is Corby Mitlide. Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, Medium, all Corby Mitlide. Okay, beautiful. And I'm going to have the links in the show notes so people will have all of your social media, uh, links to your books, all of that. Um, Corby Mitlide, thank you so much for being on Self Talk. It was a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. Uh...